0: This is Real Business in Real Time with Executive Coach Dr. Mark Hinderleiter. Learn what C suite execs and business leaders have learned in the real time, real world school of hard knocks. And now, here's your host, Dr. Mark Hinderleiter. Hi,
1: everybody. This is Mark Hinderleiter. Welcome to Real Business in real time, where I visit with executives and entrepreneurs and thought leaders about what's happening in the world of business right now. Today, my guest is Cindy Shaw, and Cindy is a brain health and mental performance trainer at Headway's Performance Group and the Better Brain Academy. In fact, that's her business. She works with companies and individuals to improve their mental well-being by blending leading-edge neuroscience with strategies to optimize mental performance. Her brain-first approach helps individuals learn how to supercharge their energy, focus, mood, and mental health. And you know, Cindy, one of the things that I really wanted to visit with you about was just stress in the brain. I mean, we've all been through this COVID thing and we're still in it, right? Yes. Uh, you live in Western Canada. I live in Texas. So, so this week we had stress with widespread catastrophic power failures. So the world right now that we're living in is just stress filled. I see it with my clients, you know, single moms that are working with. Them from home who have kids at home because their schools closed is right. very stressful. You know, executives leading companies through COVID and running their business, and many have had, you know, a big downturn because of their business are really stressed. You know, entrepreneurs like you and me, we have to fight the good fight to keep our business going and sustainable. So, and then, you know, some families experienced, you know, tragic health issues. So connect the dots for us. Would you relate it to all this stuff we're going through, and brain health.
0: Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me here today. You just laid out all of the things that are just piling on top of, especially people in Texas, but piling on top of people around the entire world. And, you know, it's a a once-in-a-generation thing that's happening.
1: I hope you're right about that.
0: (laughs) I sure hope so, too. So... Let me explain a little bit about what stress does to our brain and how our brain is wired to handle and manage stress. So we have two parts of our brain that are really at play when we get stressed. So we have our prefrontal cortex, which is our smart brain. And that is, you know, I call it the boss of our brain because It helps with judgment, with thinking through decisions, focus and concentration, foreseeing consequences. So, you know, that's why often kids do really stupid things. It's because their prefrontal cortex isn't fully formed until they're 25. Now, we have another part of our brain that's the survival brain, and that's called our amygdala. Now, our amygdala was designed to keep us safe and to keep us thriving as a human race. So, you know, thousands of years ago, our amygdala would spring into action and it would flood our body with chemicals such as adrenaline and cortisol so that we would either fight or flight. So, you know, run away from that saber-toothed tiger or fight it off. So our brains were not designed, though, to be constantly bombarded by stress. And the culture that we live in, unfortunately, is this constant bombardment that's hijacking our amygdala, that's always firing it up. And it's taking the resources away from our prefrontal cortex, our smart brain. So it's really important to be aware of some of the factors that... Trigger your amygdala and what you can do to calm it down and bring the energy and the focus back to your prefrontal cortex so you can be smarter in life.
1: So that kind of reminds me when I was younger and a little more, (laughs) a little more, had a little bit more of a temper. I'm mellow now for the most part, where I'd get fired up about something, Cindy. And at some point in time, I'd realize. My IQ goes down probably 50 points. I'm kind of making that number up, but you get the idea mm-hmm. when I'm mad. And right. so I would say things that the next day I would be horrified about what I said. So somewhere along the line, I realized don't talk to people when you're mad. Don't make important decisions when I'm mad. Uh, just cool down first. So is that, is, is that kind of what you're talking about is I got hijacked by my survival brain?
0: Well, that part of your brain, but also there's other parts of your brain that have different functions. So, you know, our mood and temperament come to a, are actually ran by a part of our brain called the temporal lobes. And they have a lot to do with tempers. So uh. when you have too much blood flow to an area of your brain. And there is like five different emotional centers. When you have too much blood flow to those areas, they become overactive. In some cases, you can have too little blood flow, like what happens when your prefrontal cortex gets hijacked by your amygdala. You don't have enough blood flow going to your prefrontal cortex. So the aim is really to have a balanced brain. And that requires, you know, being consciously aware of. And obviously, what happened to you is you became aware of your thinking patterns and made a choice not to do those things that, you know, took that energy, that blood flow away from your prefrontal cortex.
1: Got it. Okay. So what are what are some things that we can do kind of in the moment to make sure we're functioning <laughs> in the right brain?
0: So one of the fastest, easiest ways to really shift that energy flow from the amygdala to the prefrontal cortex is breathing because when we become anxious and this is again is part of the survival instinct is all of a sudden you close up and think about when you get stressed like you start breathing from the top of your lungs not a deep belly breath and that's because your body is preparing to run or fight so if you can calm your breath down And there's a simple exercise. It literally only takes 12 seconds for you to make that energy shift. And so what I recommend to people is, are you okay if we just try this little exercise now? You betcha. Okay. So I just want you to think of something you're stressful or that's stressful or stressing you out, which is probably the fact that you're living in Texas right now, going through what you're going through. And I just want you to feel that stress in your body. Okay. Now what I want you to do is I'm going to have you take a deep breath in that fills your belly for four seconds. Two, three, four. Hold it. Two, three, four. And exhale it through your mouth. Two, three, four. And I just now want you to take notice. How does that feel in your body? What Has, has anything shifted?
1: You know, it, it felt like I had a balloon full of air. And I just let the air out of it. It was a completely different feeling because you told me to feel kind of what I was experiencing. So I kind of got into that, what we were experiencing earlier this week without power, and then did the breathing exercise and I just relaxed. Yeah, I
0: mean, it, and it, that's 12, 12 seconds. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. 12 seconds. That is one of the fastest ways to be conscious to consciously reduce that stress. Now, another significant thing to do is to manage your blood sugar. Blood sugar and mood go right hand in hand and diet. So food definitely affects your mood. So based on our, it's the SAD diet, the standard American diet, I'd like to ask... Yeah. Well, I'd like to ask the marketing person who did not think through that acronym. Um, (laughs) The SAD diet, which is full of carbohydrates and sugar. Now, what that ends up doing is when you are stressed, people tend to go to what we call comfort foods, which tend to be very high in carbohydrates. So, you know, you go to the sweets, the candies, the donuts, the cake, the potato chips, the mashed potatoes. And what those foods do in the short term is they boost your serotonin, which is your happiness neurotransmitter. But what ends up happening is it spikes your blood sugar, but then your blood sugar drops dramatically and all of those stress chemicals shoot up. So the adrenaline and the cortisol, which then just contribute to your stress. So one thing you want to be really conscious of, especially during you know stressful times is to eat smart carbs and to eat healthy fats because your brain is the hungriest organ in your body so it's really essential to make sure that you're giving it the resources it and you're filling it with the fuel that's going to help fuel your performance and your mood and your ability to cope so i often recommend to my clients you know make sure that you have a handful of raw nuts Not the planters that are, you know, they're fried in oil. You want raw nuts, walnuts, uh, raw seeds, raw almonds. Have that by your desk because those contain healthy fats that feed your brain. You can also have things like green tea. Um, That really helps. Also, smart carbs, you know, eating dark berries, blueberries, blueberries. Not instead of, you know, going for that cookie, have a handful of blueberries nearby. That's going to sustain your brain and feed your brain much longer than that quick fix, which is just going to have longer term consequences. And you're going to feel stressed out even more so in a shorter period of time.
1: So a quick fix of comfort food just is great for a couple of minutes, but it really makes the problem worse.
0: It absolutely does. And that's why, you know, we have a culture full of sick, unhappy, depressed, anxious people. And so much of it has to do with our diet. And so if we were to change our diet and start eating a brain-healthy diet, it makes a world of difference.
1: I think what I'm gathering from you, Cindy, is there are things we can do in the short term, like breathing. Yes. exercise you uh, took me through and i assume i can do three or four rounds of that if i'm really uh, really stressed out
0: yes of course uh,
1: and then i'm hearing maybe more of a long-term strategy like a brain healthy diet
0: yeah and i have a couple other short-term strategies as well and i'm going to provide these to your listeners if they want to go to my website after and they can download it and check it out um Another incredible way to reduce your stress, believe it or not, is to talk to yourself in the third person. So when we get stressed, what ends up happening is we create these scenarios or a story in our brain of what is going to happen. So, you know, for instance, people without power. Oh, my gosh how am I going to stay warm? How am I going to feed my family? How am I going to get water? How am I going to work? How am I going to pay my bills? Oh my gosh, we're going to end up homeless. What if we end up homeless? What are we going to do? And we create this incredible story that just ramps up our amygdala because it's our survival brain. So one of the things that you know psychologists have found and neuroscientists have discovered is that talking to yourself in the third person actually removes that emotional um, tension so for instance even if you're say going into a meeting and you're really nervous about it because you need to land this sale so most people create again a scenario of all the what ifs what if it doesn't work out what if i can't pay my bills what if my company falls apart. So stop. You need to be aware of when you start going down that rabbit trail and you want to stop that thought pattern by talking to yourself in the third person. So just saying, you know what, Mark, you've got this. You've done this presentation before. You're going to be okay. You want to talk to yourself like you would talk to a friend. And it is just one of these simple little mind tricks that can make a huge difference in how you feel because the way you think affects how you feel. And yeah. go ahead.
1: I'm really resonating with what you're saying because I've done this maybe not intentionally like you're talking about, but maybe intuitively, where I I'd be giving a you know a presentation, uh, you know, kind of a high stakes presentation, but I've done a lot of those before. And I just say I just, start to notice that I was kind of going down that rabbit trail of negative thought. And I just caught myself saying, come on, Mark, (laughs) you you have done this kind of presentation dozens, if not hundreds of times. You got this. I I mean, the very words that you said. And so I'm just kind of maybe echoing what you're saying because I've done that and it helped.
0: Yeah. And I mean, these are just simple little things that take seconds to do. Now, a longer term solution is learning how to meditate. And why this is important is Our brain and our mind are really two different things. And is it okay if I explain the difference? Because a lot of people get...
1: I'd like to know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So our brain is the physical organ and it has these different emotional centers. And it really is the core of who you are. It determines your thoughts, your emotions, your memories, your ability to focus and concentrate. So it is like the hardware of a computer. And it is foundational and caring for that hardware is really, really important. Now, your mind and your mindset, those are your thoughts, your beliefs, your perceptions. Those are what I consider like the programs that run in the background. Software. It's the software. Exactly. So most people really focus on the software. But when your hardware is not balanced, or it's not functioning properly, or you're not giving it the right power sources, that starts to affect how the programs run, how the software runs. So it's really key to think of our mental health as actually brain health. And so once we realize that difference, it's that you know, first off, no one is going to shame you if you had a kidney issue or a liver issue or a heart issue. You wouldn't feel ashamed, per se, that you had those issues. But when it comes to mental health issues, so many people feel that it's something that's wrong with them. Yeah. That, yeah. that obviously they're morally failing, they are a failure for whatever reason, and that they are not... They're the ones responsible. But it really, for the most part, is a hardware problem. And so that's why it's really important to start looking at the hardware as the source of the problem. So meditation is really significant because what neuroscientists have now found is that when people learn to meditate, they start to create new brain pathways. Because every thought you think creates these pathways in your brain. And the more that you use these pathways, so you think the same repetitive thoughts over and over again, the more that you you widen and you deepen the groove of that pathway. And our brains are inherently lazy. They're going to travel down the easiest route. So what you want to do is you want to start creating new pathways that are more empowering and positive that can help you make those shifts faster. So meditation is one way that does that because you're consciously creating new positive pathways. So you're taking the car off the one route and you're rerouting it. And there's a saying in neuroscience that... Um, Neurons that fire together, wire together. So that's what you want. You want to create these new pathways in your brain. And meditation is a great source to do that. So I created actually just a six-minute meditation for your listeners to help reduce their stress and to start creating those new pathways. And when you think about what is six minutes in the thousand minutes you have a day, if you can reduce your stress, create new pathways that are going to help you manage your mood better, um, be more focused, be more intentional, be making better decisions. I mean, really, what is six minutes?
1: That's a, that's a pretty big investment, <laughs> that's a pretty powerful investment. Uh, yes,
0: absolutely.
1: For, uh, the payback is, 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 is powerful.
0: Yeah, and I know that people are intimidated by meditation, that they think that, oh, it's hard, it's time-consuming, I don't do it right. Well, the fact is, you just need to do it. Just give it a try. There is no right way, wrong way, but taking that time to center yourself and to be intentional with what you are putting into your brain and how you are creating those connections is incredibly powerful. Now, another tool that I personally love and use myself, and I'm a, a rep for them, it's called an Apollo Nero. And it was a group of psychologists and neuroscientists that after counseling patients, they found that people would still go out into the world and still feel stressed and anxious, had trouble sleeping, and so forth. So What it is, is it's a wearable device that you can put right on your wrist or on your ankle, and it has a program on your phone. And what it does is it sends these vibrations. And what the vibrations do is they signal to your nervous system, your sympathetic nervous system, to calm itself down or to rev itself up. So for instance, people who are stressed can wear it and It's, you know, so easy because you don't even have to think about it. It sends these subtle signals that your brain, mind and body can pick up on and it calms down your heart rate. Because when we get over anxious or stressed out, our heart rate increases. So it reduces your heart rate without you even being aware of it. It does it for sleep, for focus and concentration. And then you can use it for when you wake up in the morning too. There's a setting for energy and wake up. And it's these fast pulses that get your heart a little bit more excited. So they've done a lot of clinical studies on it. And that's why I love this product is because it works for people with ADHD, for stress, for insomnia, and for PTSD. So these are all... You know, this is just a great tool and it's about 300 and I'm going to say $30. I have a 10% off discount to anyone who buys it off of my site. So that's about what it comes out to with the discount.
1: Okay. Well, you, you shared a lot of great tools uh, and, and ideas, Cindy, both that you can do in the moment, right? And then yeah. that you, we can do long-term. I guess one thing that's been on my mind is I read somewhere that our brains are X percent water and i don 't remember what that is, so how does hydration play into brain health, or does it
0: oh it 's a huge factor so i I clump water in with a diet, so you, your brain is made up of a great percentage of water. So there are many tools online that you can go to find out based on your age, your weight, your height, how much water you should be intaking a day. Now, my husband, who's the CEO of a company, is notorious for not drinking enough water. So I actually got him a Fitbit that for Christmas that sinks with a water bottle that now tells him if he's actually drank enough water throughout the day. And for some people, they don't like the taste of water. I recommend you know, putting in some lemon juice or some lime juice or pomegranate juice just to make it more palatable. But water is essential to our brain and our body functioning at its best. We have to, it's like oil in your car. You need that oil to keep it running smoothly. And so yeah, yeah, you got to keep it lubricated. So definitely enough water, being really conscious of your diet, eating you know, clean, healthy protein, staying away from those um, simple carbs, eating complex carbs, which, you know, might be your whole grains, your vegetables, eating things like sweet potato, which boosts your serotonin is helpful. So what the aim is, is really to have a balanced brain and not have those five different emotional centers hijacked at any given time.
1: Yeah. You know, most of us are aware of the importance of nutrition for our bodies, but I don't know that most of us are aware that all the same things apply to our brain. You know,
0: exactly. But what you do to your body, affects your brain and vice versa. And, you know, most people don't think about their brains because it's a, not something that you actually see. And we think, Oh, it's a long ways off dementia and Alzheimer's. And that's when people start really thinking about brain health, but interesting data has now come out that shows that these kinds of neurodegenerative diseases actually take decades to form. And so if you're not getting enough sleep, like let's talk about sleep. Sleep is fun, fundamental to your brain's health. And we know that, you know, if we do not get enough sleep, we're more short-tempered, we can't focus, we can't concentrate and so forth. But when you look at it in a, a bigger sense, sleep is the time your brain recycles toxins. And there's this kind of plaque that starts to build up in our brain called amyloid plaque. And if we do not get enough sleep and by that i mean 7 to 9 hours a night what ends up happening is that plaque starts accumulating more and more because your brain doesn't have the time to cleanse it out so this is why stress or sleep is so fundamental and when you're stressed you know it can be all that much more difficult to fall asleep So one thing that I recommend to my clients is, and I love these little tablets, I have them on my website and I'll include it for your listeners as well. They're called Mental Calmness and they're chewable tablets and what they are made of is called L-theanine. Now L-theanine helps boost a neurotransmitter called GABA. Now GABA is your rest and relax neurotransmitter. So you want to make sure you have enough of that neurotransmitter that's going to help you close down at night. Another key thing to do is also to get off your devices about an hour before you go to sleep, Be- not only because of the blue light that your eyes are absorbing and it screws up your melatonin, which is necessary for sleep and your circadian rhythm. Let's face it, we are now bombarded 24-7 with information and with breaking news and constant information and things coming at us that our nervous system was never built for. I mean, I think back to when I was growing up and how my parents' life is so much different than my life now. There was, you know, my dad would come home from work, He'd maybe watch the news for a little bit, but then we'd go outside, we'd play around, we'd, weekends, there was no work on weekends. There was no work in the evenings. It wasn't this constant attack and assault on our mental, physical, and emotional well-being. So again, making that time for yourself to have a detox from your devices. And if that means an hour before you go to bed, do it. And, you know, I'm I'm a parent of two teenage girls and a lot of people are like, oh, well, I need to keep my phone nearby. Well, you don't need to have it notify you about every email or text coming in. You can actually set notifications. And I did this for my kids that for my daughters, I get notified if they're texting or calling those come through, but I shut off everything else so I can get a good night's sleep. And another thing to ensure that you get enough sleep is make sure your room is dark and cold. These are key things. Dark and cold, our bodies slow down, our metabolism slows down as we go to sleep. And so it needs to be cooler. If you're too hot, you become restless and you can wake up in the middle of the night. And if it's too light out, that is the signal to our brains to wake up. So really key to have a cold, dark room with very little distractions to turn off your devices beforehand. And if you need that extra boost, you know, take some L-theanine or the mental calmness tablets to boost that GABA.
1: Funny you say that, uh, Cindy. Because cold and dark were on the menu this week, and <laughs> with all these power outages, and I really did sleep better. I, I never, I never put that together with that.
0: Yeah. But so it. It the recommendation crazy. is to actually have your room at about sixty-eight degrees. Yeah. Yeah. At nighttime. Okay. So I just set my thermometer. You know, in our house, it's all pre-programmable. Yeah. Nine o'clock, I have it turn off, and it turns back on at six thirty in the morning.
1: Cool, cool. Yes. Well, Cindy, you and I could talk for another hour, I'm sure. What kind of you've talked about some resources, website, YouTube? Tell our listeners where they can go find some of the resources you're talking about.
0: Sure. So, I have a website. So, I work with companies and individuals on how to improve their mental performance and mental well-being. So, they can learn more about that at my website at headwaysgroup.com. I have a specific program that I do also called the Better Brain Academy and I also have a YouTube channel by the same name. So, you can either put my name in in YouTube, Cindy Shaw. And I'll come up under that with the Better Brain Academy. So I just launched that. I'm really excited. And if your listeners um, subscribe to my channel and then just write down in one of the comments of the videos their email address, I will send them a downloadable six-minute meditation. Now... Um, I also have a resource on my website that they can go to that's going to summarize some of the things that we talked about today, just a print off that they can review. And it's at headwaysgroup.com forward slash stress less.
1: Okay. So uh, tell me the website one more time.
0: It's headwaysgroup.com.
1: Okay. And then just look up Cindy Shaw, which I did on YouTube and I found easily and watched one of your videos, by the way, and I thought it was terrific. So. I want to encourage my listeners to, to check out both your website and your YouTube channel.
0: Oh, thank you so much.
1: Well, Cindy, thank you so much for your time. I picked up a few things myself, and I know anybody listening will get at least one nugget out of this. So listeners, folks, thanks for listening in. Great podcasts are the new MBA. Take care.
0: Take care. Thanks for joining us on Real Business in Real Time with executive coach, Dr. Mark Hinderleiter. Be sure to connect with Mark Hinderleiter on LinkedIn, check out his leadership tip of the week, and subscribe to this podcast on the app of your choice.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.